Welcome to Season 2 of Between Two Blue Devils. I'm Mark Horner, your host, and this is a podcast featuring teachers, administrators, alumni, and community members of the beautiful city of Talmadge, Ohio. This podcast is about stories, their stories, the stories of people who love kids, love their city, and love the pursuit of education. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to share the podcast with a friend, tweet it out, post it on Facebook, snap it out, be sure to leave a review. And now without further ado, I bring you season two. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee from Crimson Cup, and enjoy getting to know some of the amazing people who love Talmadge and love our kids. Welcome to a very special edition of Between Two Blue Devils. Uh, this is going to be our very first episode for summer. We are finally on summer break, and we have never been more excited to take a little bit of a break. To kickstart the summer edition of this podcast, I have a very special guest, Mrs. Courtney Davis. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Uh, I moment of confession here. I did ask the students, a lot of the students, you know, who would you like to hear from? And uh-huh. I always ask our guests, who would you like to hear from? Uh-huh. And your name is up there in the top five of people oh, that nice. people want to hear your story. <laughs> That's great. So uh, let's just begin with this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about who is Mrs. Davis? Oh, wow. That's that's a loaded question. So um, <laughs> Obviously, with with any person, there there are a lot of layers to me. But um, I would say what best describes me is is my family. Um, I'm very family centered. Family is always first uh, for me, and my staff will tell you the same thing. Uh, you know, uh, when something comes up that a staff member you know needs to do, I always tell them family family comes first hmm. always. Obviously, we do some really important work, um, but you know. Ultimately, um, you know, it all comes back to to our families. So, um, I met my husband Jason at Ashland University. Okay. My second week on campus. Oh, really? Actually, yes. And the rest of is kind of history. Um, so, um, we are blessed with two amazing kids. Um, my son Caden is going to be a freshman, mm-hmm. and my son, or my excuse me, my daughter Kendall is going to be a junior. And uh, we live in Stowe. Uh, we just moved here um, about two years ago. Uh, we had previously uh, lived in Jackson um, and had been commuting as my kids had come to Talmadge since they were in kindergarten. Actually, Caden was in preschool. So, and um, I always tell this story that um, in my interview with uh, Superintendent Ferguson at the time, mm-hmm. uh, he said to me, you know, when people come here, they don't leave. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking in my head, I don't know, we'll, we'll see, yeah. you know, that kind of hesitation. I knew this felt like a great fit for me, but to hear him say that, I just, there was a little bit of skepticism. But once I started here, he was absolutely right. This is such an amazing community and um, amazing staff and just phenomenal kids that you feel like you are a part of of this family mm-hmm. and you really don't want to leave and I you know it was just a few years in I said to him you were absolutely right I don't ever see myself anywhere else mm-hmm. so you know it's it's I 
firmly believe that we are, things happen the way that they are meant to be, and we're put in situations that we're meant to be in, and I feel like this is where I was meant to, yeah. you know, put down roots and have my kids put down roots, and so it's just been, it's been an amazing journey for sure. Yeah, that's the one thing about this system and all the people that I interview that just, mm -hmm. it, it, sh it shocks me. Every single time I interview somebody, they've been here for 10 plus years, mm -hmm. and if, if people in our audience don't understand, the longer you're in a school district, the more difficult it is to find a position somewhere else where you're, you know, you're going to make equal uh, sure. money. And so mm -hmm. you, you have to, you, you don't have to stay, but people want to stay. I right. mean, 16, 7, look at Mrs. Conway, who's been here for right. almost 40 years. Right, absolutely. It, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, so Jason, you met Jason at Ashland. I did. So let, let's have, let me ask you this, where, where did you grow up and what brought you to Ashland first? So I grew up in a small town uh, in Northwest Ohio, and um, what took me to Ashland, a lot of the, the, the people that I graduated with went to Bowling Green okay. because it was close. Yeah. And I kind of had this feeling like, I wanna get out of small town. I always <laughs> felt like, you know, I, I felt like I needed an escape, yeah. so to speak. I mean, growing up in a small town certainly has its benefits, but it also, you know, has its challenges. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I got What's the small town? Attica. Attica. No so, one has ever heard of it. Uh, well. Have you? Uh, yeah. Because okay. have you heard of West Unity? No. But, well, it's even a little bit further west okay. than Attica. That's where okay. my wife is from. Is it really? Yeah. So, yeah, I, we joke around. I, I had the same conversation with her. I'm like, right. she went to Akron, and I'm like, uh -huh. I rescued you from <laughs> non-civilization here. You, you know, right. we civilized you here. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, so it's like 15 minutes from Indiana, from Michigan and 15 minutes from Indiana. Uh -huh. I mean, it's way up there. So Right. Yes. So I get what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. I mean, population less than a thousand people. Yep. Yep. So, and my dad was the mayor <laughs> and it was just, it was, you know, I just needed to kind of get a little further away than everyone else yeah. was going. And I looked forward to meeting new people. I just always felt like I needed to, to branch out. Yeah. So, but I also knew that you know, coming from a small town like that, that I needed kind of a small town feel mm -hmm. in terms of a university. Yeah. You know, I, I knew if I went to some place larger that I was kind of going to, you know, struggle a little bit. Sure. I, I at least knew that about myself. Yeah. So uh, I went to Ashland um, and it was a, a great experience there. It was big enough, but small enough, you know, professors mm -hmm. knew my name, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I, I certainly didn't anticipate meeting my future husband my <laughs> second week on campus, yeah. but it's just, like I said before, I feel like we're put in situations that we're, we're meant to be in. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful, obviously. But um, yeah, so I had a great experience at Ashland, you know, like I said, met him there. Um, and then when I graduated from Ashland, uh, he had already graduated and grew, he grew up in Jackson Township. Okay, all right. Uh, went to Jackson High School and he is very family focused as well. So when he graduated from Ashland with his uh, business degree, he wanted to come back and be a part of his hometown, which mm -hmm. certainly, like I said, I was excited to leave a small <laughs> town. I was, you know, to expand my horizons a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, my parents were also very excited for me to do sure. that as well. But so 
then, you know, once I graduated, we, we got married uh, and I moved, you know, here yeah. with him and, and we lived in Jackson for quite a while. And then, you know, like I said, moved here to be, to yeah. be closer and be a part of this community. So that's fantastic. My, yeah. my wife, she would have stayed up there had uh -huh. it not been for volleyball. Uh -huh. And so she happened to play in a, in a, an elite tournament. Um, and was recruited out of that by the University of Akron. And that's what brought her to Summit County. But she had that experience where she's on a campus that's just gigantic. The right. only people she knew were her teammates and she would drive home every weekend. Yeah. And she was about to on enroll and go somewhere in Northwest Ohio, mm -hmm. then we met. Uh -huh. And so she, you know, we started seeing each other, and at that point, she stuck around for a little bit longer, and then she decided to stay a little bit longer, and then she got really comfortable and acclimated mm -hmm. to big city life. Right. Loved the fact that you could drive 15 minutes to Chapel Hill, which uh -huh. was nice at that time, sure. and up, uh, up and functioning. And then, you know, she could drive to Summit Mall, or she could go to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, it, we always joke around, the very first restaurant or franchised restaurant to exist in that area, Northwest Ohio, was was Subway. Uh -huh. And when Subway <laughs> was placed in West Unity, I, I believe I'd have to fact check myself, but I was told that it skyrocketed to like the number one Subway in Ohio because people yeah, were so awesome. excited. Right. They didn't have to drive an hour right. to get to Toledo yeah. <laughs> to see it. But yeah. uh, I can relate for sure. So when you went to Ashland, what did you like? Go immediately into education? Did you declare that as your your oh, degree, absolutely. Or? There was never any doubt. Um, my, my parents loved to tell this story that uh, they would walk downstairs and I would have my stuffed animals in chairs. <laughs> I uh, had, you know, when teachers growing up, when teachers were getting rid of, of things and would give them to students, yeah. I would always want the teacher's manual yeah. or, you know, to take to my my home classroom. So I, I was teaching my stuffed animals, I think, <laughs> since I was about seven or eight, probably. So there was absolutely never, never any doubt for me. I knew that yeah. education was it for me. Um, I also had some really amazing teachers as, you know, growing up, mm -hmm. but I also had, you know, a teacher that, that presented challenges to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember in third grade thinking, this is what I don't want okay. to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and my, my mom still tells this story too, that that same teacher uh, in a parent-teacher conference had shared with her that Courtney, quote, is easily overlooked because she's very quiet and reserved. And I, and I was mm -hmm. younger. Obviously that changed in high school. Yeah. I became more outgoing. But, you know, I, I was quiet, you know, when I was younger. And that really stuck with my mom. She never told me that until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. But that was, to hear her tell that story, I, I, I can still feel the hurt mm -hmm. that it probably, I can't imagine, you know, how a parent would feel to be told that their child is easily overlooked. Mm -hmm. And that is something that really resonates with me and is a constant I never ever want a child to feel like they are somehow overlooked by any adult in their life mm -hmm. so you know I but I also had some really amazing teachers too um, you know my history teacher in in high school Mr. Mason was go. a brand new teacher and uh, he was just to me that that year 
was was kind of pivotal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, freshman sophomore year, you know, you're still trying to you know find your niche mm-hmm. and you're you know everyone's you know kind of developing you know yeah. their their interests and things mm-hmm. like that. And he was so great at recognizing people's strengths and building confidence and. You know the the content. He was great at teaching yeah. the content too, but you know he was also amazing at he. You could tell he cared about us as individuals, and wanted us to be successful mm-hmm. adults. You know, not just teach yeah. the content. So. History teachers are very special. Yes, they are. <laughs> they absolutely are. And he to this day has a very very special place. He still teaches at my high school. Really. Um. So yeah, when I when I go back to visit Attica. Yeah. Um, which we don't get back as much as we would like because, you know, with two teenagers, we're, yeah. we're super busy. Yep. But when we do get back, it's just, you know, in a small town like that, everybody knows everybody. And yeah. so, but it's good to see, you know, him specifically. And he knows, he knows the impression that he made on. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Uh, not to actually, uh, before I got married, uh, I moved back home after I graduated right. uh, because I was a mid-year graduate. So, I um, moved back home and I subbed in the building I attended, the elementary building <laughs> and the high school. But what's amazing about that is I had also kind of had the opportunity to have conversations with the teachers who made an impact, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so to me, that was that was a price ex- experience to be able to have those conversations. I'll be in the teachers' lounge, but yeah. I, you know, I was able to have those conversations with my first grade teacher. That made an impact, and you know my history teacher, Mr. Mason. Mm-hmm. So it was. I had a conversation with Krista McCordy a while back, mm-hmm. and I asked her this question: You know, what was it like to go back amongst all all these former teachers, mm-hmm. and now you are a colleague? Mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean, what were those conversations like, or did you walk away with a different impression, or right. you know, I mean, what was that like for you? Yeah, to hear kind yeah. of the the behind the scenes stories and things. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was interesting to go back and be in those classrooms that I was once once a student, yeah. but uh, it was also I think uh, rewarding for me to be able to, you know, sort of felt like I had come full circle, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better term, um, because when I graduated high school and was you know headed, you know, to Ashland and, you know, I everyone knew that's I aspired to be a teacher mm-hmm. and. You know, that was at the time where it was hard for teachers to find jobs mm-hmm. and, you know, people are, you know, having conversations with me, maybe you should choose a different, you know, a different major uh-huh. and, you know, but that was just one thing. I didn't second guess it. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely did not second guess. Yeah, it's a shame that so many people try to talk aspiring teachers out of our, mm-hmm. our profession or our calling, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I tell, when I tell people what I do, you know, I'm called to be a teacher. It's not my job. Yes. It's what I love to do. And mm-hmm. I encourage anyone who, who is interested to, to look into this. I mean, it's the best career choice in the world. Right. Uh, so you, uh, you graduated Ashland, you went back and you subbed, mm-hmm. um, were you elementary certified then? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. then what, what was it like? It, did you immediately roll into a classroom after that first semester of subbing? Or? So, uh, you know, after we got married and, and moved here, uh, I actually got a job in Perry local schools okay. as, a, as a title teacher. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was, that was a great experience too. And then I did that for a few years. Um, then I 
moved into the classroom, uh, taught first grade, which was absolutely my favorite grade to teach. Yeah. Um, I just, I just loved it. Uh, that's when, you know, to me, you see the most growth mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, reading and, and just those, and developing their personalities. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's very rewarding. Um, and then I moved into a third grade position, then a fourth grade position. Uh, interestingly enough, my building principal, I had not aspired to to leadership in uh -huh. education. Okay. I, I, I hadn't thought of that. Mm -hmm. I just knew I wanted to teach kids. And uh, my building principal at the time, uh, Diane Kittleberger, um, saw something in me and, you know, said that in one of our evaluation conversations, just that, you know, I see, because I did, I kind of, I immersed myself in that school building. Mm -hmm. I was a part of committees, you know, uh, you know, professional learning community conversations. And I did actually did some trainings for some of the teachers around guided reading. So I had really immersed myself in that building and, and wanted to learn everything I could. And, and so she saw that in me and, and brought that up and it's really got my, got me thinking about, you know, maybe I could do something like yeah. that. So I actually ended up then going back to school at Ashland and they had a branch at the time in mm -hmm. Maslin, which was right by our, our, our house that we had just purchased. So I went to school there uh, and got my master's degree in administration. Uh, and at the time I was pregnant with Caden. So <laughs> it, it was a There's lot. a lot going on. It was a lot, but you know, I, I was certainly, certainly dedicated. Um, and uh, I taught for a few more years after I, you know, got my master's degree and then, um, after that, I got my first administration experience at uh, Claymont City Schools. Okay. Where's uh, Claymont at? In Yorksville. York, oh, wow. Down south. Down south, yeah. Uh, I felt to some extent like I was going back to my roots <laughs> because it's yeah. a small town too. It's pretty rural down there, yeah. <laughs> it's rural. So, but I gained so much from that experience. Uh, I was there for a couple years and then um, the opportunity here presented itself and again I feel like opportunities present themselves and things happen the way that they're meant to be so you know I interviewed and and you know got the position at Overdale which was a kindergarten first mm -hmm. grade building at the time yeah. uh, and then Dunbar Monroe I've had the blessing <laughs> of serving as administrator in all of the buildings yeah. so building bounce that's for sure yes yes but that is also what has been great about this experience is I love challenges. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, taking on new things. And that's what's, you know, made all of this so interesting and, and fun for me is that every year kind of has been a different challenge. Closing Overdale, yeah. you know, uh, going to Dunbar and establishing roots there with that staff. And then, you know, leading two buildings, uh, yeah. <laughs> was that's was, a lot was wow. a challenge too but you know the fact that we have such an amazing staff here mm -hmm. you know to me it was it felt like a group effort mm -hmm. to you know kind of realize the vision of Talmadge Elementary yeah. you know and so now you have a brand new challenge before you this year you know right. with your recent uh, your recent promotion why don't you share with us uh, your new position and maybe share with us what you see as the biggest challenge of that position for you in this upcoming year. Sure. So, you know, as 
director of curriculum. And, and this kind of goes back to yet another time when I, I didn't see myself. I, you know, I became a building level administrator. I, I loved the impact I was able to have you know, on, on kids and on our programming and things like that. Uh, and then um, I hadn't thought of aspiring to the superintendency either, mm -hmm. but that I had a colleague who shared that perhaps that would be a, a good route to mm. take. So I went back to school again through Ashland, uh, obtained my superintendent's license. And um, I do as, at some point aspire to that, okay. but I'm also a realist and yeah. I know that that's a, that's a journey I need to take once my kids have graduated from yeah. high school and yeah. I have, you know, the, the, the time and the energy to truly, you know, devote to that position mm -hmm. and certainly I recognize it's an increased stress level too so I'd rather <laughs> not take that out on my family <laughs> yeah that it is yeah for sure so um, you know I I knew at some point that you know I would want to transition to a central office position because I think it's important to understand all aspects of a school district mm -hmm. before moving into a superintendency so uh, curriculum though has always been you know my passion okay um, curriculum and instruction impacting student learning yeah. um, I'm one of those people that really loves the evaluation process I love sitting down with teachers yeah. I love talking about best practice yeah. um, so that's something that I've always been really passionate about um, and that I shared that passion uh, with Steve Wood mm -hmm. our, our new superintendent uh, and so we had some conversations just about next steps and, mm -hmm. and future goals for me and um, you know speaking specifically about perhaps a director of curriculum and instruction role and to me this role is is so exciting mm -hmm. uh, right now I feel like I'm I'm you know closing that chapter of you know building leadership and you know and that's been challenging mm -hmm. you know certainly because being you know in the building in the trenches immersed with with the kids and I just you know that is that's what it's all about so you know I know that will be a little bit of a shift moving into sure. to a central office position but I'm so excited to work with our teachers mm -hmm. you know I I value our teachers as professionals in the input and the feedback that they can provide in terms of best practice and curriculum mapping and development so you know, I know that there's a lot of work ahead, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of that came out of our strategic planning that we just recently went through. Yeah. And curriculum and instruction came out as one of those areas where we really need to, you know, streamline uh, some things K-12 mm -hmm. and uh, kind of begin a cycle of curriculum review, yeah. which we hadn't previously established. Yeah. So. You know that's kind of my goal moving forward is first I want to you know survey the staff get a kind of a needs assessment what next steps do we need to take but I also recognize there are a lot of, of things that we need to to tackle <laughs> and I think it's going to be a matter of kind of prioritizing sure you know what next steps we need to take yeah. but then once we've done that you know establishing a cycle of review based on you know content area another conversation uh, that Mr. Wood and I have had is around uh, reinstating kind of our teacher leadership structure mm -hmm. because I just think we have so many amazing experts in you know their mm -hmm. field and I feel like we could we can learn so much from each other that I think reestablishing that teacher leadership structure yeah. is going to be an integral part of you know the curriculum and instruction growth sure. that we need to have. 
Yeah, there are a lot of uh, spectacular educators around yes. this district. You know, it's funny that you would mention um, kind of a foreseeable struggle with that disconnect from the kids because this morning uh, when I, and I always joke with my kids, you know, when I get up to win the morning uh -huh. and I have my time of devotion and prayer and reflection, mm -hmm. one of the things I was reflecting on is that I am struggling with doing these two presentations that I have to record mm -hmm. for other teachers. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was interesting as I was just kind of journaling about it and thinking, um, I realized that it's all about mindset because what I'm doing and recording that lesson is then going to impact a teacher mm -hmm. who then will impact students. Right. And so when I started realizing that there are these different degrees of influence, it kind of opened up some creative juices for me. And it's the sure. same thing for you, you know, mm -hmm. it's gonna be hard not being around the kids as right. often as you have been all mm -hmm. of these years, but what you will be doing is you will be bettering our community mm -hmm. by leading and inspiring all of us who are you know, in the trenches with the kids. Mm -hmm. and, and we need leadership like that. I think you're incredibly qualified for that position and I'm, and I'm super excited about it. You know, curriculum is, it's so important. Right. And, and keeping up with best practices. Mm -hmm. no, not to put, hit, hit the pause button mm -hmm. on, you know, business, but I wanna go back to your time at Ashland uh -huh. when you met your husband. Uh -huh. How did the two of you guys meet? goodness. So uh, through the orientation at, at Ashland, um, I met um, a, who became a, a lifelong friend. Uh, his name's Chad. And uh, he grew up actually in, in Akron, in the Akron area. And he and I met at orientation. Incoming freshmen, uh, you know, we just kind of clicked in terms of and, and developed a really strong friendship. And he shared a suite with Jason. Okay my future husband. Um, so uh, that's, that's how we met. And, you know, Chad and I spent a, a lot of time together, um, you know, we, within our friend group. Um, and so ultimately, I was in contact with Jason, you know, quite a bit. Uh, and then we would end up going to combo together and, and eating lunch uh -huh. and talking and, you know, things like that. Uh, and he uh, was a football player there. Uh, so we, I, you know, I'd go to football games and, you know, yeah. talk to him after and, you know, I, you know, we just built uh, a really strong, I, I feel like it was based in friendship yeah. initially. Uh, we just liked hanging out together and then, you know, um, and then we'd have conversations just about future goals and, and we had, we shared that, that common goal of, you know, having a family and, mm -hmm. you know, setting down roots and, you know, he's very family oriented. Mm -hmm. I mean, his, his parents were coming to campus quite regularly yeah. to, you know, watch him play football and things like that. And, you know, I hit it off with his, his family as well. <laughs> so I feel like it's, it's been quite a journey. Uh, we, we actually just, because our anniversary is coming up August 18th and we were just having a conversation about how, it, I can't believe we've been married this long hmm. and you know just and we've just been together by. since you know we were you know 19 yeah. and, and 20 years old yeah. so it's just it's crazy it goes by me. fast it really does it really yeah. does I, I love the fact that you subtly dropped some very good advice for our high school and middle school listeners uh -huh. and when it comes to relationships make sure you establish a solid 
friendship yes, first. Absolutely. And make sure that your goals are in alignment yes. and, and your worldviews are in alignment because that'll mm -hmm. just lead to a healthier relationship. Yes. That that cannot be overstated. I mean that's that's absolutely true. So do yeah. you have uh, do you remember what your first official date was? Oh my goodness. Um because I know when you transition from a friendship where you're together yes, a lot, it, it's kind of hard to... Uh, yes, to kind of just... Because we did a lot as a group. Like, yeah. I, like I said, it was based in friendship. So a lot of what we did was, yeah. a, you know, a group of friends just kind of, you know, hanging out. And and the first time, we it was just the two of us. We went to a movie in Mansfield. I cannot tell you what the movie was. Yeah. <laughs> but that was probably our... I Yeah, that was our first official date. Yeah. That's funny. The other That's day funny. we, um, you know, took the kids to Applebee's. Now, if we've gone to Applebee's, we usually go to the one in Brimfield. Okay. But for this, for some reason, we decided to go to the one at Chapel Hill. Uh -huh. And we were in there. And of course, there was hardly anybody there. But we're, it was actually after Kelsey's graduation. We okay. went yeah. to celebrate. And um, we're sitting there. And I'm like, kids, this is the spot of your mother and I. This is where our first date was. Oh, that's I, awesome. I brought him to Applebee's uh -huh. and then we went back and we watched we watched a movie. And the funny thing is, uh, before that, uh, weeks before that, before Jen and I started dating, two buddies of mine and I would go to Damon's, which was across the uh -huh. street, and every Friday and Saturday we'd play trivia. Uh -huh. But then I finally had somebody to distract me from those two guys, you uh -huh. know. So we're sitting there at dinner and Jen and I are eating and I remember asking her, you know, what do you do for entertainment on the weekends? She's like, she generally traveled a lot because mm -hmm. of volleyball. And then she's like, how about you? And I kid you not, the moment she asked me that, my two buddies on the other side of the restaurant stood up and I didn't even know they were there. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm usually out to eat with those two guys, but not tonight. I'm on a date, and they're not. So. That's awesome. So, yeah, so every once in a while, I'll drive by Applebee's and, yeah. and reminisce about that. But Right, that's great. So as you have, uh, so how long have you two been married then, if you it'll, don't mind me asking? Uh, it'll be 20 years in August. 20 years. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. Mm -hmm. And as you reflect back on 20 years in August, do you have... Um, what, what's a favorite memory that you have or or an embarrassing moment uh, as a couple sometimes oh, that's wow. that's one of the questions kids will ask they'll be like you know what's your most embarrassing moment uh, as a married or when you were dating did something crazy happen oh my goodness <laughs> I don't know about emba <laughs> embarrassing um, oh wow maybe it's because I have so many embarrassing right? moments I mean I feel like there are definitely some we <laughs> Um, yeah, so one of the embarrassing moments that sticks out, we were very recently married, um, and we, for some reason, felt like we wanted to go back to campus and just, like, kind of reflect on where it all started, mm -hmm. weirdly enough, but it was kind of, we both That's had pretty this, cool, though. Yeah, That's we neat. both kind of had this feeling, like, let's go back, and, and actually, we've taken our kids back there, too, just... I mean, we feel like that's that uh, Ashlyn really kind of established us, you know, not only as a yeah. couple but also as as individuals. Sure. And um, we have a lot of great memories there. So, uh, we were recently married. This is before kids, and um, we. I'm not sure why we timed it this way. I don't know that we knew what was going on, but it was it was the the orientation for incoming freshmen. Okay. And we didn't realize it at the time, but we're so we're driving around campus, just kind of, 
you know, talking about memories we had, you know, in the quad and, mm -hmm. and, you know, different things like that. And we're driving through and my husband, uh, obviously we're newlyweds. We didn't have a lot of money. He's still driving the truck he had in high school. <laughs> this, um, it was, it was, um, I guess you could call it a clunker. Um, so we're, we're driving through, it was a black Toyota truck, and, but he loved that truck, but it was kind of on his last leg. So we're driving through the middle of campus, there's all of these incoming freshmen, and um, all of a sudden his, his radio turns all the way up, and we've got the windows down because yeah. his air did not work. <laughs> and we have no idea why the radio just turned all the way up and it's an inappropriate song just <laughs> blasting on his, and he can't turn it down. He's hitting the stereo. He's doing everything he can. We've got all of these, I mean, hundreds of incoming freshmen, and we're driving through with our windows down with this. It, it was, so ultimately, I ended up curled up in a ball <laughs> on the floor of the truck because I did not want to be seen. <laughs> and he's laughing so hard because he's trying to get this. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah but I was mortified, <laughs> I was and, mortified. And I gotta believe that the people who were chaperoning those freshmen oh around gosh. knew both of you. In yes, and <laughs> yes, that was, the, that was the embarrassing part, is that, you know, everyone, and there were professors standing out there whom I, you know, had an education That's courses, funny. so That's I had funny. to, I was, I can't be a part of this, so I just kind of curled up in a ball. That's uh, too funny. But yeah, he, he thought it was the funniest thing ever, but, um, you know, there's certainly been, uh, that's just one of the embarrassing moments I think we've we've probably ever had. But um, you know, we've we've also had some amazing memories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you know, certainly, as with marriage, we've had some challenges. You know, along the way too. Um, one moment that you know I I feel like was was really powerful for us um, was Caden, um, our son, was born prematurely hmm. and uh, we actually eight and a half weeks prematurely wow. and we uh, could not take him home with us he had oh, to wow. stay in the NICU that was one of the most challenging and I, I would say that was probably the first time that we had I mean truly our faith kind of was was put to test sure and I remember us sitting in the, the hospital room before we left just just praying together yeah you know because that that's hard mm -hmm. you know and um, so I mean ultimately it it made us stronger sure. uh, but that's one of those moments that was just so powerful for us and you know obviously he's an amazing kid he's he's healthy and yeah. you know but that was you know to go home without without your your baby and for him to be I mean he was in the NICU for for three weeks after we were already home mm. and so wow. to you know go home and three. not have wow. yeah so that was that was probably one of the most challenging things that we've probably ever gone through together I remember when when Kelsey was born um, my wife's water had broken like way early in the morning mm -hmm. and we didn't go to the hospital till seven so mm -hmm. as a result they were fearful of of an infection mm -hmm. and so they had an IV in her little head and mm -hmm. um, you know I just remember sitting there looking at her and just in something like that which is 
now in retrospect, you, you find out it's pretty common. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I'm like looking at her and I'm like just scared. Mm -hmm. I was just scared and so insecure. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, is my little girl going to be okay? I don't want anybody touching her and all that. I can't imagine not being with her for the first three weeks of her life. Mm -hmm. That had mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. incredibly challenging. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely tested, you know, our, our faith for sure but um, you know we we put our trust you know that that he was going to be okay we were at the NICU every single day mm -hmm. um, my parents came and stayed with us and and we're at the NICU every single day and you know in the NICU um, you know that you are making progress the closer that your baby gets to the door oh really yes wow. I learned that yes and to this day as a side note the smell of Purell still takes me back to the NICU hmm. It's because, you know, we had to wash our hands yeah. and sanitize before we were even able to. And for some reason, just the smell of that. And as you can imagine, going through a pandemic and, yeah, and constant just, hand yeah. sanitizer, it was like a traumatic experience every time. Hopefully but. it was Purell and it wasn't the other <laughs> stuff that smells like tequila or something oh like that. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Yes. So it's so fun. Right. Wow. Yes. So, you know, it takes me back there for some reason every time I smell that. Um, but the closer he got to the door, we knew it was the closer wow. he got to home. Um, but, you know, he wasn't even five pounds. I mean, he, you know, he could be held kind of wow. in the palm of wow. Jason's hand. So I had no idea. Yes. Wow. And now here yes. he is, this six oh foot yes. athlete who is yes. tearing it up on the uh, basketball court. Right. Yes. Yep, he's amazing. That, sure. that is amazing. The yeah. prayers certainly work. That's yep. fantastic. Oh, definitely. Yep. So, um, when, if we were in, again, if we were in front of a live audience and I had my students in here, one of the questions that they always ask, and you're going to have to be very honest with me, okay. all right? So, there's no one listening. Okay. This is just you and I. Uh -huh. What is your guilty pleasure when it comes to music? When no one is around, when it comes to music to music what do you listen to that if if you know what what is, or better yet how about this what's your pump up song all right well <laughs> no judgment right no it's a judgment free zone my guilty pleasure when it comes to music is 80s music 80s but what pumps me up <laughs> is new kids on the block <laughs> <laughs> really, new kids on the I, block. You said to be honest. That is, you got the right stuff. Pumps me up every time. So that's what you're playing out in the, in the parking lot right before you walk into the building, right? And that's that's a something about me that not many people know. I it somehow it is a stress reliever for me to listen to music in my car when my kids aren't because mm -hmm. it drives them crazy. They can't. Well, they don't want to listen to any of our music. No. No, they want nothing to do with it. They think it's it's corny, but. Um, that is kind of, I don't, oddly enough, it's a stress reliever for me to listen to music really loud in my car. Sure. And yes, it is 80s every time. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I have a sneaky suspicion around Christmas time, you're going to be getting a lot of new kids on the block memorabilia. <laughs> listen, that was my, my bedroom in high school too, what? by the way. New kids on the block posters. I was, so I was in their fan club. That's, <laughs> you're Listen, I'm laying hard. it all out there right now, so... <laughs> Well, it's funny that you would say that about your bedroom because I think I took that question out. Um, you know, what did your bedroom look like when you were in high school? Uh -huh. And part of the reason I asked that is because I look at the two things that were most commonly on my walls yeah. and they're like key components to my life. Uh -huh. But now teenagers and college students are so minimalistic now. They right. want, you know, playing walls and, uh -huh. and all that. But so new kids on the block. Absolutely. Yes. 
I had the posters. Who's your favorite? Jordan Knight. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> None. That was it. So, so, yeah, so that would be, uh, so Jason, I hope there's no, if you're listening, there's no insecurity there, you know. And so when my wife, when I ask her about music, I mean, she will, before I can get the sentence out, yeah. it's Bon Jovi. Yep. You know, I've been to probably 15 Bon Jovi concerts, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I still don't get it because I dance better than that guy does. I think it's because he wears leather pants that she gets, right. all, you know, like, oh, come on, sweetheart. Yeah. You know, but that's we've amazing. been, that's her, uh, that's her thing, so... That's yeah. awesome. So when you look back, I mean, I love the fact that you went back to Ashland and you mm-hmm. reflected and you've mm-hmm. mentioned like reflection a lot mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and learning from past uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have any books that you re- would recommend that have had an impact on you as, as a person and that you kind of maybe go back to often for counsel or just to reread or to be inspired by? Um, definitely um, The Power of Positive Leadership, okay. for yeah. sure. Uh, another book I, that I've revisited often is Having Hard Conversations. Okay, yeah. um, and first and foremost, uh, to me, something I value is, is building strong relationships with, with students, with families, with staff. To me, that's the foundation for everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that, that power of positive leadership is, is you know, seeing the positive in a negative situation it you know something that resonates with me is it doesn't make you naive to you know to think of the positive and and Mm -hmm. focus on the positive it makes you a good leader yeah you know i feel like that's and sometimes that is hard and you know it's not about putting on a fake smile or you know fake positivity it's about truly this is how we're going to grow from this experience Mm -hmm. and that's you know kind of how we had to approach this pandemic and to me this has been uh, the proudest year and a half of my career I think that I've, I've ever had mm-hmm. because I feel like it was a great opportunity to watch our students and our staff and our families really persevere through mm-hmm. a really really hard time sure. and rally around our kids I mean it this has been I know that it's been you know it's been challenging mm-hmm. and you know everyone kind of handled it differently for some it was very anxiety inducing and but to me it was it was a great opportunity for me to help staff through that Mm -hmm. and be whatever they needed me to be and you know have that conversation with them that there are going to be positives to this you know in august i don't think any of us really thought we would make it through the whole year in person you know i also don't think last march that any of us thought we'd still be wearing masks all year and you know things like that but they i feel like this this entire situation with you know with the pandemic has has taught us a lot about you know us as humans and and taught us a lot about our kids Mm -hmm. and you know i i feel like it's been amazing to watch to watch our kids you know and even my, my my own teenagers i feel like you know my dad always brings up you know, kids these days just don't understand how hard it was, and, and you know, you know, yeah. I, my dad and I have healthy debates regularly. <laughs> we have a very strong relationship, but you know, we we have we have healthy debates, and and my point to him is, to me, kids these days are are able to persevere sure. 
more than I think I probably ever oh, could have at 14 years old. I would old. not have wanted to live through this no, as a teenager. No, and, and you know, we can talk about the pros and cons of social media and all of that, but to me, you know, our kids are going to be able to persevere mm -hmm. through challenges. I mean, this has been a great, a great learning experience for sure. them. It's taught them resiliency, you know. It's, I, I just, you know, I absolutely believe that this generation is going to go on to do absolutely amazing things. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're truly, it sounds cliche, but they're going to change the world yeah. because of what they've, they've lived through. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, my, my own teenagers, I look at them and they're, you know, they're wiser and, and, you know, and more resilient than I think I ever, ever mm -hmm. was, you know? Yeah. I love that word that you used, resilient, and, and that's the word that always just just repeats itself in my mind when I think about these kids. And, and um, it, when I reflect on the year, I've never grown so much as a, as a husband and a father and as a teacher and a coach. I don't want to relive it, mm -hmm. but like you sure. said, I don't, I don't want to forget the yeah. lessons that have been learned. Mm -hmm. um, and what I really desperately want is I want the kids to believe that. Mm -hmm. I think right now so many of our kids are feeling like, okay, we lost a whole year of our life and they don't they don't see those qualities that have been built in, into mm -hmm. them. And mm -hmm. I'm excited for this next year to be able to come back with everyone in the classroom mm -hmm. and then just kind of reassure them that they yeah. are, they're stronger, more resilient than ever. Mm -hmm. And the one year off, you know, mm -hmm. they just replaced what they may have learned, not learned content-wise with these qualities that will be mm -hmm. even more valuable for sure. them. Sure, So Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a life motto? Uh, I, I feel like I've, I've mentioned it many times, but I, what's meant to be will always find a way. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I've always, I've, I've always believed that. And, and it, it, to me, it's proven itself true mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, personally, I, I feel like I have been presented with opportunities when it was when it was right yeah. for me, and and I've been denied opportunities when it wasn't right, right. that I thought w was right at the time, sure. and and it wasn't. And I feel like those opportunities that were right, you know, have led me to where I am, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I think it's it's been a blessing for yeah. sure. So. And, I, and I, I tell my kids that all the time too, yeah. you know, when they're faced with disappointment and, you know, that, that things happen the way they're meant to be. Yep. I mean, you know, this opportunity wasn't right. Something else is gonna present itself. And, you know, it, they roll their eyes in, in the sure. moment because, you know, I always say they're that. They're teenagers and they don't wanna hear it, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. But, you know, you know, ultimately it's proven itself to be true. Yep. And then ultimately they'll admit, mom, you were right. But <laughs> Take some time. <laughs> yeah, I always tell my kids like it's hard to see God's will when you you know through yes. the, the the dashboard window, but when you look mm -hmm. in the rearview mirror, you see it. Yep. Right, you see how the the mm -hmm. pieces of the puzzle come together. Yes, I certainly feel like you are the right puzzle piece for this district. I have always admired your leadership, and have had nothing but deep respect for you. I appreciate how you poured into you know, my son and led when he was in your building. And uh, I appreciate what you do for this community. Uh, and I am incredibly excited about what's on the horizon in regards to curriculum and instruction for our district. I congratulate you Thank on your you. promotion. 
Thank you so much. And I, I thank you so very much for spending uh, your valuable time. I know it's a busy time for you, but yes, for you to is. sacrifice this time to, to be on the podcast, I really appreciate Absolutely. it. My pleasure. So, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Good. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner, the teacher, or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, Make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.